Chapter 22 Miracle Outside the Walls And it came to pass after this that Ben-Hadid, king of Syria, gathered up all his host and went up and besieged Samaria. And there was a great famine in Samaria, and behold, they besieged it until an ass's head was sold for fourscore pieces of silver and the fourth part of a cab of doves dung for five pieces of silver. And as the king of Israel was passing by on the wall, there cried a woman unto him, saying, Help, my lord, O king. And he said, If the Lord do not help thee, whence shall I help thee? Out of the barn floor or out of the wine press? The king said unto her, What aileth thee? And she answered, This woman said unto me, Give thy son, that we may eat him today, and we will eat my son tomorrow. So we boiled my son and did eat him. And I said unto her the next day, Give thy son, that we may eat him. And she hath hid her son. And it came to pass, when the king heard the words of the woman, that he rent his clothes, and he passed by upon the wall. And the people looked, and behold, he had sackcloth within upon his flesh. Then he said, God do so, and more also to me, if the head of Elisha, the son of Shaphat, shall stand on him this day. But Elisha sat in his house, and the elders sat with him. And the king sent a man from before him. But ere the messenger came to him, and he said to the elders, See how this son of a murder hath sent to take away mine head? Look. When the messenger cometh, shut the door, and hold him fast at the door. Is not the sound of his master's feet behind him? And while he yet talked with them, behold, the messenger came down unto him, and he said, Behold, this evil is of the Lord. What should I wait for the Lord any longer? Second Kings 6. 24 through 33. Verse 1. Then Elijah said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Then a lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be. And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not eat thereof. And there were four leprous men entering in of the gate, and they said to one another, Why sit here till we die? 
if we say we'll enter the city, then the famine's in the city, and we shall die there. If we sit here, we die also. Now therefore come and let us fall into the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. But if they kill us, we shall but die. And they rose up in the twilight to go into the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made the hosts of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots, the noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said to one another, Lo, the king of Israel had hired against us the king of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore they rose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and their horses and their asses and even the camp as it was and fled for their life. And when these lepers came into the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink and carried hence silver and gold and raiment and went and hid it and came again and entered into another tent and carried thence also and went and hid it. And when they said to one another, we do not well. Then they said to one another, We do not well. This day is a day of good tidings, and we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now therefore come, that we may go and tell the king's household. So they came and called unto the porter of the city, and they told them, saying, We came unto the camp of Syrians, and behold, there was no man there, neither voice of man, but horses tied and asses tied, and the tents as they were. And he called the porters, and they told it to the king's house within. And the king arose in the night and said unto his servants, I will now show you what the Syrians have done to us. They know that we be hungry. Therefore, they are gone out in the camp to hide themselves in the field, saying, When they come out of the city, we shall catch them alive and get into the city. And one of his servants answered and said, Let some take, I pray thee, five of the horses that remain, which are left in the city. Behold, they are as all the multitude of Israel that are left in it. Behold, I say, they are even as all the multitude of the Israelites that are consumed. And let us send and see. They took, therefore, two chariot horses, and the king sent after the host of Syrians, saying, Go and see. And they went after them into Jordan. And lo, all the way was full of garments and vessels, which the Syrians had cast away in their haste. And the messengers returned and called the king. And the people went out and spoiled the tents of the Syrians. So a measure of fine flour was sold for a shekel, two measures of barley for a shekel, 
according to the word of the Lord. And the king appointed the Lord on whose hand he leaned to have the charge of the gate, and the people trod upon him in the gate, and he died, as the man of God had said, who spake when the king came down unto him. And it came to pass, as the man of God had spoken unto the king, saying, Two measures of barley for a shekel, and a measure of fine flour for a shekel, shall be tomorrow about this time in the gate of Samaria. And that Lord answered the man of God and said, Now behold, if the Lord should make windows in heaven, might such a thing be. And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but shalt not eat thereof. And so it fell unto him, for the people trod unto him unto the gate, and he died. Second Kings 7, 1 through 20. The siege of Samaria was a grim one. The sieges of walled cities from antiquity through a siege of Paris in the Franco-Prussian War have been ugly tales of famine, cannibalism, and erosion of civilized behavior. The horrors of sieges soon reveal how real man's faith is. Too often the niceties of civilized behavior give way to rampant evil. In scripture, judgments are the prelude to salvation if the judge repent of their apostasy. If men are ready to learn from judgment, salvation follows. If not, then reprobation ensues. In judgment, God gives men and nations another opportunity. The famine in Samaria reached the point that an ass's head sold for 80 pieces of silver and, quote, the fourth part of a cab of a dung's dung for five pieces of silver, end quote. Quote, Dove's dung, quote, has not been clearly identified, but it may have been a week's amount. The fourth part of a cab is a half a pint. At the same time, cannibalism began to appear. Two women, to survive, decide to eat their sons. After the first had sacrificed her son to their hunger, the second woman hid her son to save him. The first woman appealed to the king. The king's reaction was first shock and then anger against God for allowing such things to happen and for allowing Israel to experience these horrors. Unable to strike at God, the king decided to strike at Elijah and to have him executed. Elijah ordered the doorway to be barred to the king's messenger until the king himself, coming also, arrived. The king, on arriving, announced his anger against God. Quote, Behold, this evil is of the Lord. What should I wait for the Lord any longer? End quote. 2 Kings 6, 33. Clearly, Elijah had counseled Israel to have faith in and wait on their covenant God. The king saw this as futile, 
God was worthless to him if God refused to spare him judgment. Elijah then prophesied that in about 24 hours, a measure of fine flour and two measures of barley would be sold at the gate of Samaria for a shekel each. Given the situation, this seemed to be a ridiculous statement. The Lord next to the king commented sarcastically, quote, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? End quote. Elijah answered, quote, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not eat thereof. End quote. Second Kings 7 verse 2. That evening, four starving lepers inside the gate decided to beg for food from the Syrians. At worst, they might be killed, but death from starvation was theirs if they did not act. At best, some food might be tossed their way. Going to the Syrian camp, they found it abandoned. God had, during the night, caused the Syrian army to hear the approaching sounds of a vast army. And the Syrians, assuming that both Hittites and Egyptians had come to Israel's rescue, abandoned camp and fled in terror. The lepers ate and seized gold and silver and clothing for themselves, which they took away and hid. Later they decided to tell their own people in Samaria of the abandoned camp. The court was suspicious and assumed an ambush. However, a scouting party was sent out and returned to confirm the leper's report. In the mad rush by the people, within the walls, to seize the abandoned food, wealth, and supplies, the sarcastic lord was trampled to death by the mob. The episode is a revealing one. In the horrors of the siege, the curses of the law in Leviticus 26-29 and Deuteronomy 28, 53, and 57, had been literally fulfilled. The king, Joram, Ahab's son, did not recognize the judgment as one which was deserved, nor did he turn to the course of obedience to gain God's blessing. Rather, he turned all the more against God. He did not punish the cannibalistic woman. Instead, he sought to punish Elisha. Perhaps only because the elders of Israel were with Elisha did he refrain from having Elisha killed on the spot. Joram's statement, quote, What should I wait for the Lord any longer? End quote. 2 Kings 6.33 is revealing. For Joram, man is sovereign. And if God does not serve man, then man can turn away from God. God must deserve man's allegiance and worship, in Joram's thinking. The doubting Lord was trampled underfoot. So it is with God's wonder-working providence in every age. The doubters are trampled underfoot by the onrush of God's miraculous dealings. In due time, Joram himself died, slain by Jehu. He witnessed miracle after miracle 
and saw nothing. The deliverance of Samaria is notable. It was predicted by Elijah. It was both supernatural and thoroughly natural. The ungodly could see the entire incident as a happy accident and thereby evade the facts of both judgment and deliverance. So much of history is like this. We can bind ourselves to God's judgments and thereby invite the totality of reprobation, or we can see all history as God's providential shaking of men and nations. A miracle had taken place outside the walls of Samaria. Judgment was in process within the city. Samaria's days were numbered. A greater power than Syria would bring down a greater judgment upon Israel.